Hello and welcome to this edition of a 5 o'clock podcast. On this edition of the 5 o'clock podcast, we are going to be going over the divisional round that occurred this past weekend and also previewing a bit of the conference championship that's coming up. Last weekend, we saw some of the best football we've seen in a pretty decent while, actually. So, Jordan, I'm going to kick things off with you. Houston, Baltimore, what did you see in that game? Well, Aaron, I would say I was just going to start this off by saying we saw two good games out of the four. I, I would say two really good games out of the four. Obviously, the, the Ra- this Ravens-Texans is not is not the best game we saw. It was 34-10, Ravens won. I, a lot of people expected the Ravens to win. But you know what? This showed us that Lamar can win a playoff game. This is his first playoff win in four years. And the one worry about Lamar is can he win when it matters? And next week when they play Kansas State, that's going to help show. But this win really meant a lot, even though they were the favorites. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you in that sense. But one thing I want to go back on what you said, you said that this game wasn't a very good game. I know I was talking with Joseph while this game was actually happening, but we both felt that this was a pretty good football game. It got a little out of hand towards the end when Baltimore scored two more touchdowns really late in the game, like late in the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. But for the first 40-ish minutes of this football game, Houston was only down one score, and their defense looked like they were slowing down Lamar Jackson. And I think that... Kansas City's got a good shot at this Baltimore team next week. Despite the fact that Baltimore ended up winning this game by, what, 24 points, it wasn't one of those truly dominating performances where they looked unbeatable. And we will forecast that in like when we talk about Kansas City and Baltimore. But I would say that Houston looked pretty good for the first 40 minutes, and Baltimore outlasted that. I don't think I agree with that, Aaron. Yes, yes the Houston defense in the first half – Actually, you know they they had a, they had a score, but the the, te- the the Texans' offense, I was not impressed at all. I have to put that out there. Yeah, that is the one thing I'll say. The fact that Baltimore's defense looked really really good the whole way. They allowed three points. Houston had a punt return touchdown, so Baltimore's defense was as good as it could be. But their offense, despite the fact that they scored thirty four points, I wouldn't say it was one of those dominating performances on that side of the ball, and it's interesting to see what they will do as they host Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs next week. I agree with that. I think that their offense played a good game versus a very good team that made it all the way to the divisional round. However, they didn't like control the game completely until the end of the game. They weren't like um, throwing these ridiculous uh, passes that were going for 80 yards at a time. They just kind of played a good game of football and happened to score 34 points. It wasn't The score isn't really indicative of how the game went. Well, yeah. Joseph, I wouldn't really call the Texans a very good team. I would disagree. It's the divisional round. I would disagree. They were a very good team all year. CJ Straub was one of the best QBs in the league this entire year. Houston had a very young but very explosive defense in some aspects. Will Anderson was a force pretty much all year. I would say that was a good team. And Baltimore I, I would say it was a good team. It was not a very good team. They 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 were they were a what they were a nine and they were the, they were a nine and eight team coming out of a coming out of a crappy division. They were they were ten and seven, but I wouldn't say that 10-7. division was bad by any means. The fact that Indianapolis went nine and eight with a backup quarterback, Jacksonville obviously ended up collapsing, and Tennessee gave a lot of those teams a good run for their money. I wouldn't say that was a really bad division by any means. It was it was definitely not a bad division, and we're talking about 
the team, the Texans, that took the second and third overall picks in this draft in April. And we're talking them being in the divisional round. I think, if anything, this team has completely exceeded expectations of what was given to them. This is a great team. They're not that young on the defensive side of all, but they have a lot of young superstars. You see Derek Stingley. You have Tank Dell. Tank Dell has been out since the midseason. I think going forward in the next few seasons, if CJ Shark can keep playing at the level he's playing at, this Texans team is going to be amazing. Near yeah. the end of the year, though, I was not impressed with CJ Stroud's performance. I don't know because how you were used to say that. Yeah, you were you used to playing so well. Near the end, Aaron. You were used to him playing so well is why. It was, uh, it was recency bias at the very beginning of why everybody's so high on him. And then he played like a top seven quarterback for the rest of the season. And that's what you expected. So when he moved down from top seven to top ten, you didn't think that he was playing as well, even though he was still playing at a very high level. Well, yeah, yes, not only he that, but... as well because he trended down. But like, he was thing. still top ten. Correct. But he I'll trended say. down a little bit near the end of the season. He completely dismantled what was one of the best defenses we'd seen in the league this year. He dismantled Cleveland in the playoffs. Yes, Correct. however, he was given opportunities that helped him in that process. Well, obviously, any successful quarterback in the NFL will. But really, just touching back on the way Baltimore played that game, they played, I think you touched on this, Joseph, just a very clean, good game of football. Nothing special, but they played a very good, clean game, and that's something that you need to look out for. You know, speaking of Baltimore, actually, I, I would say that the Texans are very much like the Baltimore Orioles. You know, good, good, good team in the regular season. Obviously, you know, is not gonna did not go far in the playoffs, but they're they're just too young, you know. Wait for next year or wait for two years. They're gonna be competitive. Not right now. They're not gonna be Super Bowl contenders. But year or two, it's they're just it's just too too young, too early, too soon. Here's the thing I'll say about that. I took Houston to win this game, and I don't regret that pick either. I didn't think that the Baltimore defense would slow down C.J. Stroud to the point where they did. I. We said this before, this game was, I think, a lot closer than the final scoreboard reflected, but Houston's offense was kind of just hit a brick wall the entire afternoon, and I didn't expect that, So, but I still think that Houston team is very young and very good and has a lot to improve on, like you said, almost giving that Baltimore Orioles-type comparison. Any more final thoughts on this game before we head to the next one? I think yeah, we I just, move on to Green Bay, San Francisco. I guess my thought will be ignored. <laughs> yes, it will be. I was I just going to say, Aaron, you can say that you were, that you think it was still a good pick. You can't say you don't regret it, though. You would have rather picked the winning team. You would have rather uh, picked right. You can say you still believe Houston was the correct pick just because you thought they were the better team, and that's fine, but you can't say you don't regret it. Okay, let's well, move I'm, on to San Francisco, Green Bay, and I wish I should have ignored you. I'm going to agree with Jordan on here. You know, this game was a great game. And this game, this game was a good game. It was, it was a, okay, very it was good a great half. game, but it was better the than the first half. Was that. Yeah. The first half was what? Seven to six at halftime. It came down to the, the wire though. One of those slow football games, but that second half really heated up. We saw Jordan love do what he was doing for the last almost half of the regular season. And we also saw Andres Carlson do what he's been doing for the whole season as well. Yeah, Andres Carlson is a real problem in Green Bay. It almost seems as if they should have brought in competition 
earlier, I want to say, but... I agree with that. You can't go in the playoffs with a bad kicker. It's been proven time and time again. When you have a bad kicker and you enter the playoffs, there are so many examples where that kicker ends up losing you the game. That As a playoff team, you should know that that's going to happen. Yeah, and not only that, but the fact that Green Bay, down the stretch of the season, had been playing a lot of good football, and they played a pretty good game against San Francisco, too. And the fact that it really came down to that missed kick is a little bit unfortunate, but that's just something that needed to be adjusted beforehand, and it wasn't, and it came back and bit them. Yeah, you know, Jordan Love had an amazing season this year, but, you know, in those moments like that where you have a minute and you need to drive down the field and to win, you 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 cannot throw a pick. Well, yes, obviously you can't throw a pick, but you also have to take a risk. You can't just yeah. play really you, you have you have to throw balls like that. I mean, if you, no, but that was first and ten. He could have thrown that away. That you when it's throwing in the playoffs, a pick is the same thing as like as like going having to punt the ball or something like I, and, and like throwing an interception. Rather, it's, I mean, yes, you don't want to do it, but you have to make those throws when you got a minute left. Yeah, and just kind of following on that, at that point, it's desperation. And when there's a minute left, you need to do something. You need to make a big play to put your team in a good spot. And I honestly don't have a real issue with that pick because, truth be told, he probably shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place if they had a competent kicker. That's not the point here. It's the fact that Jordan Love played about as perfect as you could throughout the rest of that game. And you can't fault that one interception on them as he did what he felt was needed to do. And the fact that it just didn't end up going their way. Unfortunate for Packers in that scenario, but Jordan Love and that interception is not the guy you're putting that loss on. Here's the thing. I've seen so many Bears Matt Nagy games and with him being too conservative and letting the clock run out on a drive and not being aggressive enough, I'd much rather see a game end with a pick than with a drive to stall out. You want to take risks. It's okay to take risks in the playoffs. If you throw that interception, guess what? At least you tried. Yeah, and I think going out aggressive is the right way that Matt LaFleur wanted that Packers team to go out as they'd been underdogs really all year. As for San Francisco, they looked good. Nothing special, though. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, my thoughts is that uh, they will dismantle the Lions next week. We're not there yet, but thank you. Yeah, not there, but I wouldn't say they looked anything special last weekend. Well, here, here's what I have to say. I'm, I'm just going to reference previous shows we have said. I remember who it was, but this person was pretty smart, and they did call Brock Purdy a system quarterback. Oh, it kind of sounded like Jordan Galfield. Yeah. It's not like he's in his second straight NFC championship appearance. Yeah, Jordan. If not for a torn UCL, Brock Purdy would uh, be in his would be heading to his second straight conference championship and a potential for his second Super or, or for his yeah. second Super Bowl. So the, he's not a system quarterback, is what you're trying to say? Correct. If he was a system quarterback, if he or if he wasn't a system quarterback, wait, no. If he was a system, only- no. I'm. Thank you. If this is a system where any quarterback can succeed, Jimmy Garoppolo would still be there. Agree. Completely agree. Brock Purdy took and won that job. And like you said it, if he doesn't tear his UCL, they could have been competing and they could have easily won a Super Bowl that year. But they'd 100% be in it. But uh, what no, happens? They could have beat that Philadelphia. They, what, they could have still lost that Philadelphia. How about when uh, Debo Samuel gets hurt and when Trent Williams got hurt? What, what happens there? Uh, speaking of which, Debo's hurt this week. 
Debo, what's his injury status? Is he did not practice yesterday? I do not. I do not know about today. I'll check real quick. I would assume um, that he's going to play in a big time game like this, but you can't just say, "Oh, the quarterback's terrible" because the be- his best lineman isn't. When playing. did I? When did I? Never said he was terrible. You're implying he's not a good quarterback by saying he's a system quarterback and how anyone can be good in that scenario. Not not ev- not everyone can be good. Not, never said everyone be good. He has made he's looked significant. He has appeared to be significantly better than he is because of the system he has put in. I want to input on this and say that right now you cannot tell me that Brock Purdy is not successful. That is never that. He is very successful right now. The only way you can tell me he is a system quarterback or not is if you put him on a different team without the multitude of weapons that he has at disposal and see what he does. If I put Brock Purdy on the Bears, if I put Brock Purdy on the Bears, I I he would not be good. Okay, I I agree with you. Not a single person is claiming that he is has been successful. You cannot find a single person in America who would say that. I would say the only thing he has had success. Is he a system quarterback or not? And you can't argue just because he's been successful doesn't mean he isn't a system quarterback. I'm not. He is is very good at his job. He is doing, in that offense, he's doing one of the best that any of the quarterbacks would do. I'm I'm not. He is an excellent job he's doing right now. But I think a lot of it is because of the system. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, like, like here's what I'm saying. Brock Purdy would be Better on the 49ers than Justin Fields, okay? Yeah. Because of the system. But if I'm putting if – if I'm talking about the Bears right now with his not not a wonderful supporting cast, Justin Fields, on I think on the Bears is better than Brock, Brock Purdy. I think that's kind of irrelevant in this case because Brock Purdy does have that good team surrounding him. Brock Purdy does have an offense catered to what he needs to do. And Brock Purdy has won how many games as a starter, how many losses – I'm not sure the exact numbers, but in that retrospect, it's a lot to a little. What did they win? 13 this year? They won 12 and 5. They won they won 12 with him. They, yeah, because they only lost Adam. And they, then went, they, won. they went 12 and 4, and I don't think he had lost a regular season start coming into this year. He hadn't lost a start. And what did they go last year? His first lost start where he finished the game was this year. I'm not really looking at the conference championship last year where he tore his UCL and went out early. So he, he's like 20 and four or something in his career. It, 20, close no, to that like 25, number. Like 25 and four, really. It's probably closer to 20 and four, but it's really close to that number. Moving on to the other NFC divisional matchup, we had Tampa Bay going into Detroit, and that game was an exciting one really the whole way through. Tampa's offense was at a standstill throughout that first half. It took them a big long drive to tie it up at the end off of really Mike Evans just going to work. But that game was exciting. Detroit won their second playoff game in 30 years, 30, 31 years at that point. They won both of them at home. Ford Field was electric. And I'm excited to see what next week has to offer. What are your guys' thoughts on that game? My thoughts is Detroit only won because of Benjamin Cap. Do you want to extend upon that a little bit? In case anyone does not know who Benjamin Cap is, he's a 66 year uh 60 he's he's been a season ticket holder for 66 years, I believe. It was a long time, but he he did a little bit of the reason why they won. 
But I think a lot of what they did is going on to the shoulders of Jared Goff. Jared Goff played about as good of a football game as you could, with the exception of a Jamal Dean dropped interception in the end zone. Outside of that, there were no mistakes, no turnovers, threw for almost 300 yards, and really willed them to that victory. Like, he played well. I don't think he played a near-perfect game, Aaron. Correct. I would not call it that, Aaron. He did the job. That's why he did, he did the job. Aaron, he threw, he went 30 for 43. He got 287. He did the job. That's what I'm going to say. He did the job. Hey, Aaron, it's also a lot easier to throw the ball when you're running back to averaging 8.2 yards per carry. That's what Jameer Gibbs does, and that's what he's been doing, and he will be a force this upcoming weekend. And if I was telling you I wasn't excited for this game, I would be lying to you. This is the biggest NFL game I've seen my team play. So I- I'm excited for it. Jameer Gibbs has been truly unbelievable this year. Showed it again last week, breaking away a big run for, what, 28, which ended up scoring a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs had over 110 yards total touchdown. That was an exciting performance from that offense. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Lions are that, that, that good of a team. Um. I don't know. My thing with them is, is that you have to look really good for Tampa offensively. Jamel Dean also looked like he was playing like uh, in the XFL that game. No, he was getting. He didn't do that bad, Joseph. Yes, it he, was. He got it was cooked. one drop pick. It was he got, one no. Drop he pick. got cooked. He got no. Cooked. He did not. You were yes, just listening. Did. You were just listening to the announcers say that he, he got cooked. He, he usually you. gets cooked. He didn't get really he cooked got, that yes, game he did. that much. Yes, he did. I would disagree with you on that, but I think that. The Lions offense and what they aim to do is amongst some of the best in the NFL. San Francisco does it probably better along with Baltimore. But I think what the Lions are really trying to do, run a lot of play action, get Gibbs on the outside. I think they do it pretty well. And I think it's going to give them a chance to go into San Francisco and beat them. We will talk about that in the upcoming moments. But I thought Detroit looked pretty good that game. The defense looked. Decent. Not bad by any means. Mike Evans had 150 yards, but they ended up winning the game and were in control in the fourth quarter. So props to them for that. Hutchinson made a big impact as he's been doing down the stretch. And I think it should be exciting to see what what happens. I, I mean, their secondary is bad. Their secondary is bad. The secondary's stepping up. Melifon has yeah. been... No, it's not players. stepping up. They almost lost to the Buccaneers who went 9-7 or 10 How is it stepping up? 9-8. They, they've been... I would say they've been stepping up. Melifon has been... Are you, watching the, are you watching the game on black mode? No, what? he's watching the game just listening to... Who, who's announcing the game? Tariko and Collinsworth. You were just but, listening to Chris Collinsworth... Yeah. Had a love obsession with Mel Fonwu. That that's yeah. what you yeah. sound like. Chris Collinsworth is not famous for ever like uh over obsessing over a player or saying the team's much better than they are, is he, Jordan? No. Mel Fonwu no, has never. been making plays all over the field since really week sixteen when they went to Minnesota and won the division. Mel Fonwu has been one of their right key now? players down the stretch, and I think he's stepped up and really filled a lot. There's still a couple issues in that secondary, but I think he's been a player that's stepped up marginally down the stretch. And I think yeah, he stepped up marginally so he didn't actually step up. Gotcha. You literally just admitted to it. That was that was my fault on the term marginally. I think he stepped up in a big way. That's that's my fault. I've done that before, I think on air. So but Malafon who stepped up in a big way. 
I think, Aaron, that also partly of your analysis of this game, and I think we'll see in the, your, your, your game analysis prediction thoughts for the San Francisco game, that you have a, a slight bias towards your... Aaron, uh, Aaron, Aaron let's, listen to this right here, okay? The, the listening- Lions in the regular season, they gave up 4,400 pass, 4,400 passing yards. They're, they're, they're just allowing a 4,000-yard passer, buddy. Okay, we'll we'll see what happens this week because I think that they have stepped up. There have been a lot of issues with their pass rush, especially in the middle of the season when they... 4,205, my bad. Sorry about that. Here's the thing. When they didn't look the best, I was really harping on the fact that their pass rush was terrible, not giving the secondary much of a chance. I think the fact that Lee McNeil's back, John Kaminsky's playing a big role. Hutchinson obviously is going to pressure the quarterback. He does better than anyone else in the NFL. There's a lot to say about what? the improvements they no. made. Aaron, you, you sound so biased. Did you just say Aiden Hutchinson pressures quarterback better than anybody else in the NFL? Most pressures in the NFL this year. D- no, he didn't. Nick Bosa this year. Best. Nick Bosa would get more pressure this year, I think. I I do not believe that's true. Aaron, Joseph, it's, all, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron it's uh, all about finishing. He does not finish the job. Nick Bosa's more sacks than him. That's it, true. it helps when... He has a competent D line on the side of him, which Hutchinson didn't really have for a big stretch of the season. Now they have Lee McNeil back. I know he's more of a run stopper than he is a pass rusher, but he's still a force on the inside. It's the fact that during the middle of the season, Hutchinson was the only one getting to the quarterback. All they do is step up and throw it deep because the secondary's got no chance if there's no pass rush. I I thought I thought the secondary's stepping up. They have been stepping up. They haven't been. This, they haven't been truly horrible all year. I think the problem is the fact that the pass rush wasn't getting to the opposing quarterback as much as it should have, especially during the middle of the season, probably weeks 11 through 14, I'd say. But I think that the secondary is holding up. Melifonwu has been playing a lot better, and the pass rush is getting better. I think that's what can be enough to really propel how that secondary looks, and that can, that can stop opposing teams. Would you rather a night out with Melifonu or the Lions win the Super Bowl? Lions win the Super Bowl, of course. Are you sure? And yes, we will. T- we will touch up on that in a little bit. As I would say, the best game of the weekend: Kansas City and Buffalo. Joseph, we'll start with you. You're the only one who yeah. got that game right. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes always wins the playoffs. He's undefeated in the playoffs, except for that two times that he lost. So that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Joseph. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, definitely isn't two times. Okay. No, they say he's undefeated except for these two times. Okay, he also it's been that, way more than two times. It's uh one, two, three times, I think. It's more. Pat- 18? Patriots, 18 versus the Patriot. Tampa Bay. That's, that's it. Two. No, that's three. I said that's three and that's Patriots, it. Bengals, Tampa Bay. Is there anyone? That's else? it. That's it. So he's been to the Super Bowl three times, won it twice. Correct. And he's been in the playoffs seven years. So where are the other? Yeah. This, these numbers are numbered up. right now. No, he, has he been to the playoffs seven times? Uh, and he went to the – then we're missing one more loss. So it's four. Oh, Bengals. No, I yeah, said that already. Oh, this year. Oh, this is the seventh year. That's why it is three. Oh, it was way more. I'm sorry. It was one off. Way more, though. You're, you were correct on that one, but... Okay, 
here's the thing. He doesn't lose in the playoffs. The Bills don't have as good a team as we all said they did. And just because they had a really good run doesn't mean they're actually an invincible team. They had a really good run at the end of the season. They're not invincible. No one thought they were invincible. Well, clearly you guys all did because you guys picked them versus the Chiefs, who are probably the best franchise in, in the last uh, or NFL history minus the Patriots at this point. In really. The- Oh, the Niners Steelers and the 49ers. The best, the best friend, the best we've seen in our lifetime is I think. Well, the uh, obviously, there haven't been that many franchises since we've been alive. Yeah, but they've been they've probably been them or the Patriots are the best one we've seen. And I think you can easily make the argument for Kansas City, just the sheer dominance that they've had under Patrick Mahomes. But looking back at this game, I thought that Buffalo would get the best of them there. First time. Mahomes has seen a crowd in Highmark Stadium, whatever you want to call the Bill Stadium, because it's gone through some name changes in the past few years, currently Highmark. But the first time he'd seen a crowd there played there in 2020, where obviously no crowd. So I thought that was going to get the best of them. Buffalo had their chances. What do we think of the fake punt with around 12 minutes left? I that was stupid. I don't hate it. You're telling you were telling me how Jordan Love needed to take a shot and go for it in the playoffs. Fourth and five. That's a big time play. You don't do you don't do a fake punt. Okay, first of all, fake punt or fake punts like that rarely work when you give it to the gunner. Yeah. And, but uh, I don't I don't hate I don't hate the move to go for it. I don't, and also, I don't hate it. I do hate the move when your offense is that good and you can just leave the offense out and go for it. I also yeah, either that and I don't know what the punt success is, but also you're giving it to a defensive guy who are prone to fumble. I don't know why you give it to a defensive back. Well, I know why, but like they should give you give it to like normally like a like the third string running back or something is how you do it. What does the fumbling I, have to do? He didn't fumble. Out of well, it's, it's, it's a risky play to begin with, giving it to Hamlin. Yeah. He's an undersized safety. I don't know why you'd give it to him of all people. To catch to catch the Chiefs off guard, and I think it didn't happen, but I don't I don't hate the play call there. And obviously Buffalo's offense looked pretty solid throughout that game. So maybe leave your offense on the field on a fourth and five and just go for it. Because the analytics probably tell you that there's higher chance of a fake punt. But I don't think the going for it move was terrible. Better yet, I don't think the punt was terrible. I just question it a little bit. What was the score when they did it? I believe they were down three. That's You should have just punted it then. They were down three because... Kansas City ended up fumbling it out of the back of the end zone, causing the touchback. Right. And so even if even if Kansas City scores in five minutes, you still have five minutes to score. You'd be down ten at that point. With right. You still you, yeah, around, you got around ten minutes. With around ten minutes left, is I think when right, the fumble happened. You, you would have to do an onside kick, but you still get the ball back. Is the whole thing. Yeah, but Josh Allen played about as good as he possibly could have. A lot of balls that were catchable that didn't go through. Diggs had one where he misjudged it. I believe it was Sherfield who had a deep ball down the field in the third quarter. So a lot of mishaps there. Josh Allen played pretty well, but Mahomes did his thing and is on to another AFC championship appearance. So let's, that's the first game on Sunday. Yes, indeed it is. Mahomes will march into M&T Bank Stadium to face the Ravens. Joseph, do you think that Lamar will have another loss? I mean, Mahomes will have another loss? Um, This is my issue with it. I've been on the Chiefs all year. I don't really want to – or I've been on the Ravens all year. I don't really want to abandon the Ravens. 
It's also really hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It, it's a pretty bad choice to do. Um, the one thing is, this Ravens defense might be the best defense we've seen since I don't even know when. It's been a minute. Probably the Bears in 2018. No, this is, they're better than the 18 Bears. This team's better than the 18 Bears. I would say it's I would say it's close, but they're both very different kinds. Of How about Saxonville? No, this is better than Saxonville. Saxonville just had a really good D line. They weren't actually an incredible defense. They had, well, they had they a really good D line. They, they, they weren't this Baltimore defense. So I think the Correct. Bears defense I, and this Ravens defense—they're different defenses. I think you can make the argument either way. Or, well, excuse me, whatever one's better. I can tell you which defense I think might have been better ever, or um, most recently. The O one Ravens might be they might be the best defense the O one Ravens. If you yeah. can get Trent Dilfer to a Super Bowl, your defense is pretty damn good. I agree, but if we're talking about best defenses of all time, can we are we not gonna talk about the eighty five Bears? Well, yeah, but the O one Ravens were more recent than the eighty five Bears. That's true, but they both won. In in more recent history though, I think it's more fair to compare that Baltimore defense to this Baltimore defense and that also, they're also very comparable. Ed Reed, Kyle Hamilton, same position. Ray yeah. Lewis, Roquan Smith, same position. Um, Jadavian Clowney and whatever defensive lineman they had. I forget what his name was. Same position. They also had a really good defensive tackle. I forget his name, but still very good defense. Yeah. So you're you're taking Baltimore on this one, Joe? I'm going to have to do it. Well, I, he comes back this week? Uh, yes. Who? Marlon. Huh? Is it Marlon? Well, he's questionable play, but you know who comes off the IR? Mark Andrews. Oh, I forgot about him. Correct. However, I don't know that they're necessarily going to need him because they haven't had receiving issues the last couple of weeks. So, I don't know. I don't think he's going to have a no, big impact. Isaiah Likely is actually kind of good. That's he's what I'm saying. Isaiah... Yeah, Aaron? Yeah, Isaiah Likely's been good. I was just going to follow up with that. Continue on. Well, Isaiah Likely's filled the role of tight end, and they kind of have – he's going to be great, but they have two really good receivers at this point. They were playing very well. Zay Flowers and OBJ are both playing very well. Yeah. They're, they're definitely, I think they're going to look for another receiver in the offseason, but they're playing very well. Isaiah yeah. Likely is playing like a top six tight end right now, top eight tight end. I don't know what you want to call him. Like, yeah. I don't know if Mark Andrews is necessarily going to have a huge role. He's obviously Mark Andrews, so that is something to account into that as he is a top three tight end in the NFL when he's fully healthy. But I, I think that for the sake of what you're trying to say, you're completely right. Sam, I'm going to pitch this one off to you. Who wait, do you have wait, in this game? Real quick, yeah. can I just say something? Yeah. I just think this Mark Andrews. Remember the Jordan, or, you know, the Jordan flu game where they kind of just ran Jordan out there just to be in a similar sense where it would just be a deception. Like he wasn't actually 100% healthy, but put him out there because then they have to account for him. They have to have somebody guard him. Yeah, that's so true. I want to do with Mark Andrews because if you put him on the field, the Chiefs do have to respect the fact that he's there. Yeah, put him, in as, put him in as a fourth receiver. Like even if he's not 100 healthy, the fact that you get them to guard another guy takes another uh, takes somebody off uh, a different receiver. Yeah, he's still top three ten in the NFL. Yeah, so I'm gonna I I will put my input. You know, I have been against the Chiefs the whole season. I feel like I feel like Patrick Mahomes is a drama queen. Um, but this team in itself isn't. The defense is. Probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest, defense the Chiefs have had in their Super Bowl era since Mahomes era. I definitely think that that's a big bonus. That's something they haven't always had. But it's a bit of an issue that 
your receivers can't catch the ball. I'm taking the Ravens. All right, I will. I will follow that up. I, I think it's just too hard not to pick against Patrick Mahomes. I think I learned my lesson last week, and if I get burned, I get burned. I'm taking Kansas City in this game. You you touched on it a little bit, Sam. This is the best defense that Mahomes has ever had, and I think that their pass rush can get to Lamar Jackson and really throw them off. Not to mention that Trent McDuffie is an all-pro cornerback. I think that he should be able to slow down either Odell Beckham or Zay Flowers to an extent to the point. It's it's so hard to go against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I tried it last week. I've learned my lesson. I'm not doing it again. And when it all comes down to it, the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey. No matter how bad the drops have been throughout the season, no matter how you can call it a down year regardless, he played a darn good game last week in Orchard Park, and you can never count him out when you're on the field. And Rashi Rice has stepped up. So Patrick Mahomes has really two guys that he can, I would say, 100% confidently rely on in this game. Well, I'm going to be taking the Chiefs, you know. I think that this is a a Ravens team that regular season – they, they, I would say they're probably the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's been a little underwhelming in the playoffs throughout this point in his career. So I'm going to agree with you in that sense. Next game we're going to head to is the final one before the big dance. I don't know why I call the Super Bowl the big dance because that's March Madness. But it all comes on the Super Bowl, and the winner of this game will be getting in along with Kansas City and Baltimore. Detroit traveling to San Francisco. Sam, you want to start us off with this game? This game is hard because I I don't know what to think. I think that in my gut, it's telling me to go with the Lions, but my brain is telling me to go with the 49ers. So as much as I would like to follow my gut, I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers. This team... Joseph, I want, I want you to do this. I want to close out my thoughts about this okay. conference championship with what I have going in this game. I'm pitching off to you. Joseph, it's just, just talk about you know how the... Because he's going to say the Lions are so good, but this is a San Francisco defense that's going to shut down Jared Goff. This is a system quarterback that's going to dismantle this Lions secondary. Here's the thing. I've got kind of two different ways to look at this. For one thing, this team reminds me a lot of Saxonville, where it's a really good team, a head coach that hasn't necessarily been there, um, a good quarterback, a good offense. I guess it kind of often opposite for offense and defense. You know, like a team that really shouldn't have been there that was there, or a team that necessarily wasn't a top two team in the NFC that made it there. Um, at the same time, Detroit has played really well, and it would be the team. They are the team of destiny, right? Can we agree on that? They are the team of destiny this year. Yeah, they're that Cinderella team that America wants to see do well. At the same time, they do have to go to San Francisco to play this game. Um, George Kittle's been playing really well. Brandon Ayuk's turned his career onto a different trajectory the way he's played this year. Um. And their defense is extremely, extremely good. And Fred Warner is a dog. Um, what do we? Who do? Who picked who? You guys both. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for San Francisco. 
That's that's the right move. That's what I'm telling you. This is a Lions team that, that they're just overrated. All right. Here's all I got to say. I said how I was excited for this game. As I'm tremendously excited, I am the same amount nervous as this is the biggest game Lions have played in since 1991, possibly. 91, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Possibly, you could say their entire Super Bowl era, the biggest game they played in. Coming off of two home playoff wins, I think I think the bus is rolling for Dan Campbell and his Lions crew. I've taken the Lions here. I, I've gone so far. I think I've picked them in every game they've played so far. I will fact check that later. But I think I've taken them every game. I feel like it would be wrong for me to go against them. But also, here's the thing. San Francisco didn't look anything special last week. They played a good football game. But they didn't look unbeatable by any means and i think that the lions pass attack especially with the way it's been going amon ross st brown has had two pretty good games even though he started really slow that second one i think that passing attack is going to cater to what jared goff has to offer and i think there's a whole different vibe throughout this lions this lions team this lions locker room and i think dan campbell is going to get it done for the boys and take them to the Super Bowl for the first time in the whole in the entire Super Bowl era. The last time they've been to an NFL championship was, I believe, 1957. Joseph, I'm looking at you. Do you know that for yeah, that? I, I think 57 is the year. I think 57 was the year as well. But I think that this Lions team is really, especially by you, Jordan, you're underappreciating what they have. And I think the fact that this defense has stepped up I think the fact that Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best defensive linemen, I think he can get to Purdy, especially if you don't have Trent Williams on him. He can make a pretty big impact in a big way. It's going to take the rest of the pass rush to step up, but if so, I think they can do it. Lions need Anzalone to really step up in this game as well. But I think they've got a pretty good chance, and I'm taking them to win here. Dave, I've just got a very good chance. My issue is, first of all, Anceloni's overrated. He's fine. He's not anything special, to be completely honest. When I watch him, when I watch him, I go, yeah, they probably want to replace him if they want to be a serious title contender for the next coming years. Second of all, um, his number doesn't fit his position, so he can't be good. Continuing on. Joseph, keep in mind, this is also a team that that should have lost to the Bears twice. Once. Once, to be honest. Given that once, but I would would say not really. If you have the ball, if you have the ball and you're down two scores and three timeouts, that's a boatload of time in the NFL. You've seen it happen time and time again. Correct. The Bears just didn't know how to play. They they overshot on a deep ball to Tyler Scott. This is this is good relevant to the conversation, but it wasn't really like all that horrible. They just they just missed on a play that would have won the game. And to be here's my thing though, Aiden Hutchinson versus Trent Williams. Trent Williams is going to win that. Let's be realistic. Trent Williams is the best offensive offensive tackle potentially in NFL history. I'm calling my first time out here. I'm calling my first time out of the show. I think Hutchinson will line up on the opposite side of Trent Williams. He usually lines up on the right side of that D line as well. So I don't think he's gonna line up with Trent Williams as much as you think. And especially if he comes off the edge, he goes off attack attacking the right tackle, whereas Trent Williams is their left tackle on this team. I think 
you will, you'll still see a little bit of Hutchinson and Trent Williams because Hutchinson does do a lot of the both ways action, but he normally comes off the right side of the offensive line. Continue. Um, here, okay. First of all, they can slide a protection over ski, a protection package over. Yeah. Uh, do that. You just leave Trent Williams one on one with the other edge rusher, uh, Ziggy on size replacement. Um, anyways, uh, it's still you're gonna have to beat. You're gonna have to cover. Uh, you're gonna have to cover Kittle in the short game. I don't know if you guys have somebody to do that necessarily. Um, and you have a matchup for IU. I don't know if you want for Debo if he plays. I don't know. This team has question marks on it that San Francisco doesn't have. Does that mean they can't answer those question marks and win the game? No. It just means that I would take San Francisco. And Aaron, Aaron go ahead. I was going to say I'm taking Detroit in this sense, but I think what you said is a – I think that's a very reasonable perspective to put on that because I'm not saying that this is going to be all Detroit by any means. If they win this game, it's going to be by less than a touchdown. It's going to be a – it's going to be a gritty game, something that Dan Campbell has implemented into that franchise. Just grit what, and everything. And say. if they pull it out, that's what it'll be. It'll be a gritty win. But I think I think what your assessment of it is completely fair and correct. There, there there's a reason to spread seven and a half. Well, yeah, but three the, the, Vegas thinks it lines will win by touchdowns, what that means. Huh? Because it, the bigger Vegas thinks that the line San Francisco. That San Francisco's better by one touchdown. Win by a field goal. It's a it's a touchdown. No, it's one Sam, touchdown. The NFL can fluctuate so many ways. All that can take is one point. Three points. Three points for being home, and then they think four and a half, which means no, three, three points at home. Thing I don't believe. It's three it's, and a half for being home. The spread six and a half. They think San Francisco is going to win by three. Did it move? Did they move the spread even more? It was at seven and a half this morning? I think. Oh, I thought it was at six and a half. Uh, right, whatever. So, okay, four points. So a few, a little bit more than field. So that means just touch on that. The reason they do over four is because they do touchdown. Yeah. They don't account for a safety. I hope. Yeah. I think this will be I think this will be a really gritty game, both sides of the ball. And I think Detroit's gonna come out, but I really liked what you said, Joseph. Just wanted to highlight that once again. So really forecasting everyone's Super Bowl here. Sam's got Baltimore, San Francisco. Jordan, you've got Kansas City, San Francisco, little Super Bowl yeah. 54 rematch. Yeah, I was going to take that rematch, yeah. Joseph, you're looking at Baltimore, San Francisco, which was previously a Harbaugh, Harbaugh. versus Harbaugh Super Bowl, and I believe Super Bowl 47, the blackout game in New Orleans. And I've, yeah. got, Can I've got Kansas City and Detroit. That's all the time we have on this edition of the 5 o'clock podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. And keep up with us as next week we will be on the air Friday, February 2nd for a change at 5 o'clock on 88.5 WGBK FM Northbrook. Joseph, before we close it out, what do you got? Check our Instagram and we'll post when the podcast is up and live. And you, then you can check it out. Thank you for listening. This has been Thank the 5 o'clock playbook.